Welcome to the Sports of 60 podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Rudberg, and I'm here with my friends, Eduardo, Miles, and Philip. What's up, guys? Hey, how's, how's it going? going? How's it going? All right, so today, um, you know, this is our first podcast, so bear with us. We're, uh, we're learning this as we go, but, you know, we figured this is a good thing to do while the uh, coronavirus is going on and don't have much to do around the house, so, you know, figured we'd make a pod. So, um first part i guess we're just going to introduce ourselves introduce our sports uh profile i guess if you want to call it that um all right i guess i'll go first um like i said my name is patrick i am a diehard giants fan and a diehard georgia football fan which is kind of weird because i don't live anywhere near georgia i am a you know casual yankees fan a rangers fan mostly new york sports for soccer i am a tottenham hotspur fan north london let's go um, I follow Yale sports, UConn basketball, since they're pretty local. Um, I also follow UNC basketball cause my dad went there. Um, I do not have an NBA team. So yeah, it's kind of sad, but whatever. That's pretty much me. Uh, Miles, you want to go next? Yeah. Hi, yeah. My name is Miles. Um, I'm a diehard Red Sox and Patriots fan. Um, I'm a casual fan of the Celtics. Um, and like Patrick, I follow Yale sports because they're local. Um, and then I follow Syracuse basketball and football. Um, and that's pretty much it. Nice. Eduardo? Yeah, so uh, my name's Eduardo. Uh, I'm a junior in high school, and uh, I'm a diehard Barcelona fan. I'm a casual OKC fan, and I like following the NFL. And again, same as Pat and Miles. I'm a local fan, Yale, UConn basketball. How about you, Phil? Um. My name is Philip, and I'm a diehard Manchester United fan, and I follow the NBA. And that's basically pretty much it. Nice. Manchester United. Got to love it. All right. Um, yep. I I forgot to mention, uh, Eduardo said he's a junior in high school. I am a senior in high school. Second semester, obviously. Miles, you are? I'm a freshman at Con College. Um, Philip. And I'm a sophomore at the same high school as Eduardo and, and uh, Pat. Yep, I'm uh, I'm going to Holy Cross next year. Our basketball team sucks. We went 3-28, and 28, so hopefully we can improve on that once I get there. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's basically our introduction. Let's hop into uh, the main topic today. So, like we said in the trailer pod, um, our main topic today is going to be addressing the question, are you born a fan or do you become a fan? So we've all prepared our um, lines of reasoning, and I guess we're going to talk about it now. So uh, I guess, Miles, do you want to go first? What do you think? Are you born a fan or do you become a fan? Uh, I kind of think it um, – I, I would say it's like between each situation, it's different. So for me, at least, I was born a Red Sox fan because my dad been a fan for his entire life. And then for the Pats, like, I guess it kind of – my love for football grew in, like, um, elementary school when I played at recess with my friends. Um so I, I was kind of a casual Pats fan, like, before, but I really became a diehard then when I, like, kind of fell in love with football. So I, I guess mm-hmm. for me, it's, like, it, it can go both ways, honestly. Okay. Um, Eduardo, what about you? Yeah, I mean, Miles has good reasoning, but, uh, yeah, I'd say you become a fan instead of a born a fan. I mean, there's always that family, like, you know, you always want to, like, you know, have you always want to have, like, the same interests as your family, your, your dad, your mom. 
obviously, if you're born somewhere, chances are that you're probably going to be a fan of that team. But uh, I feel like that's not necessarily, like, statement that is true. Like, you, you you can become a fan. So, like, for example, like, Connecticut, we don't really have, like, a local basketball team, right? So, I mean, you could choose, like, the New York side, Boston side. But, again, they're not, like, like your local team. So, you, you don't really feel identified by them. So, I believe that you become a fan based on your interest and, uh, of course, your idols, like, who plays in that team, who you like, and how they play. That's true, yeah, because for the most part, I've, I've, um, most of my favorite teams are local, like Eduardo said, since we don't have a professional sports team in Connecticut, I support mostly New York teams, Miles supports Boston teams, which are relatively local, um, but somehow I became a Georgia fan, which is on the other side of the country, so, so again, or I guess it's southern, more, but yeah. It's more of like your interest and like, not like you're born with a team and you have to like support it. Yeah, so my reasoning was um, the main decider is your parents. If your parents are a fan of a particular team, you're born a fan. And I think it's right that you should – if your parents give you a favorite team, my dad was a Giants fan, so I should probably stay as a Giants fan. I shouldn't jump ship and become a Seahawks fan when they win the Super Bowl. Um, that's called bandwagonism, and we don't like bandwagons, do we? No, I mean, no of course not, dude. I, it's like a cardinal sin. You don't want to be a bandwagon fan. Um, yeah, so like I said, my dad was a Giants fan, so I became a Giants fan. But when it came to soccer, my dad wasn't really – he didn't have a favorite soccer team, so I kind of drifted towards Tottenham when I started watching Gareth Bale play in the uh, early 2010s, 2011, when I was in elementary school. And also playing soccer growing up, that really uh, developed my interest in soccer as a fan sport and watching soccer. So, um, you know, that's probably – similar to some other people but yeah i think it's the main decision is your parents um if you're born a fan you're born a fan if your parents support one team you become a fan if you don't have a team your parents don't give you a team in a specific sport but yeah philip what about you yeah i agree with you and um eduardo but like your idol like who do you idolize like i have some friends that were like uh idolizing like brian and they became uh la lakers fans so yeah yeah all right. Um, so I guess that's – I mean, do you guys have anything else to say about that? I think that was a pretty decent roundup. Yeah. I, I was yeah a, I mean, I, we can all agree that uh, you could, you're could. you probably a fan of your local team, but, again, if you don't feel identified with a local team or just, like, for some reason, like, for any sport, there's no local team that, you know, you can support, then you kind of, like, become a fan based on your interest. Yeah, that's true. I um, yeah. I think it – I think it's – uh, your fan, what even, whatever you want to call it, your fanship, your experience being a fan of a certain team. Uh, the experience is much better if your parents and your family are fans of that same team because you can experience it with other people. Uh, it's been, it's hard. Like for instance, my brother is a Wizards fan. We don't have anybody in our family who is a Wizards fan, so it's it's fun rooting for him for, for the Wizards for him, but. It's also hard because there's he doesn't really know any other Wizards fans, um, but yeah, yeah. So, um, but I guess we were talking about the local sports. Um, you know, all of us mostly rooting for Yale since they're pretty local. I think that's like rooting for local sports versus rooting for teams that are even in New York. What do you guys think? Do you think there are any differences in rooting for teams that are like 
basically in your backyard versus teams that you probably, if you want to go to a Giants game or a Red Sox game, you have to drive two hours, one and a half hours to get to a game. What do you think the differences are? Well, I feel like for us, like, yeah. with us not having a local team, I feel like, I mean, I've, of course it's different because, like, the Red Sox are, like, what, like, two and a half hours away. And, like, Yale's, like, you can go to, like, a Yale baseball game and it's, like, 15 minutes away. Yeah. So, obviously, logistics, like, it's different. But, like, I feel like, in our case, I feel like there's not much difference, like, as being a fan. Like, um, I feel like it's the same energy, like, you know, like, whether it's yeah. local or farther away. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. I definitely there's a huge difference between, because uh, if you're going to, like, a Boston game or New York game, you kind of have to plan it. Mm-hmm. You have to plan it, put it on your agenda. But if you're trying to go to, like, a local team that's, like, 10 minutes away from you, like, the experience is definitely going to be, like, the same, but you just don't have to plan it, right? Because, I mean, if it's, it's 10 minutes away. You can decide, like, on the day if you're going. Yeah, that's, ba- that's basically what, what we've done many times, and we've gone together to yell basketball games or Friday. Yeah, hockey, hey, you, yeah. hey, you want to go to a basketball game or you want to go to a hockey game tonight? Mm-hmm. So I think that's – I like that the sponta- spontaneity about it. Um, and the, the crowds – and local versus um, big, like if I went to a Giants game, the crowd is pretty pretty wild. But I mean, look, the Giants haven't been good since what 2014 when they won the Super Bowl or 2013. Um, yeah. So there's something to be said about going to a local sporting event, sporting event that is really jam packed and the fans are really into it. Um, I went to the Yale Harvard basketball game this year. It was probably one of the most amazing like fan experiences that I've been to the Mm -hmm. noise. So the end of the game, Yale was down four points with six seconds left. One of their star guards, Azar Swain ran down the court in six seconds, chucked up a three, got fouled, banked in. I think that's one of the loudest crowd noises I've ever heard going to any game. I've been to a decent amount of sporting events and that was probably one of the loudest crowd noises I've ever heard. And that's kind of cool how that was, 10 to 15 minutes away from my home I didn't have to go fly all the way down to Georgia to experience something like that even though going to a game at Sanford Stadium crowd of 92,000 fans is pretty wild but uh, I think you can get you can gain a lot of this stuff from local sports uh, as you can from going to a big event in New York or Boston or wherever yeah yeah all right um yeah, I got, I think we've beaten that topic pretty uh pretty hard. Um, we've so yeah, we talked mm-hmm. about. I think we're we're on the same boat with the parents decider. If your parents uh, have a team, you usually are born a fan. You can become a fan in other ways. Um, idols, growing up, rooting, uh, playing a sport, um, things like that. Um. So, all right, I think we've we are open to input. Like, if you guys want to add something, like, let us know on, the, on our social media. Uh, our Instagram account is at uh, the sports in sixty, and our email account is, is at the sports in sixty at gmail dot com. So, if you guys want to add something, say something, suggestions, and let yeah, us know. please let us know what you guys think. Um, even though we're not always going to agree on the topics that we talk about, I'm. Oh, I can almost guarantee when we talk about Jarrett Stidham and Daniel Jones in a couple episodes, it's not going to be the same as this. So please let us know what you guys think. Email us. Um, like Eduardo said, the sports and 60 at gmail.com. 
let us know what you think. Uh, DM us on Instagram. Let's start having a conversation. You know, what else do we have to do? We're in quarantine. Um, so yeah, peep the uh, Instagram, peep the uh, Gmail. So I think the the only other thing we wanted to do today was we were going to do a draft of our top three favorite underdog teams of all time. So what that means, we're just going to, instead of doing a rankings where each of us share like our top three favorite underdogs, we'll do a draft. So I think um, we can go like I go first, Phil goes second, Miles goes third, Eduardo goes fourth. Um, then we can just go into snake draft. So if I get the first pick in the first round, I get the last pick in the second round. So if you guys agree on that order, I can, I'm flexible. What, what do you guys want to do? Yeah. All right. So with the first pick, I think I'm going to go with the first, uh, giants first Pat Super Bowl giants team when they upset the undefeated Patriots. Um, unfortunately I was not old enough to really experience that. I was in kindergarten at the time. Um, but I've, watch the highlights over and over and over again just reliving that um and experiencing that since I haven't had a lot to cheer about with the Giants and I think that was I mean that was really unprecedented what the Patriots did going undefeated there had been some undefeated teams in the past uh, I think the Dolphins in the 70s I want to say um but yeah they really stopped something incredible going on with the Patriots that Patriots run and I don't think a lot of people expected that to happen um most people probably thought, I mean, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't old enough to talk with other people and have a good conversation about what they thought like I would now. But I think people probably were thinking, all right, the pass is just going to blow them out. This is going to be a boring Super Bowl. And it turned out to be a really great game. And, you know, the Plaxico Burris catch at the end, the helmet catch more uh, famously. But, yeah, I know. So that's uh, that's my number one pick, the 2000, 2007 Giants. Yeah, so for the second pick, I pick Leicester City. As you know, they won the uh, Premier League in 2015 and 16. It was like the odds were crazy. And yeah, and like now in 2020, they're doing really good. They're in the top four. And Jamie Vardy is like, has been in the top goal scorer for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, as a Tottenham fan, I really, um, that I loved watching that Leicester team, but then again, they broke my heart. Taught, that was Tottenham's year to actually win the league. We haven't won since 19, in the early 1960s. Yeah. Um, I remember watching, it was the lat if Tottenham was playing Chelsea on a weekday game, and if Chelsea won, Tottenham was eliminated from contention for the championship, and Leicester would clinch. And, freaking, and that was the year Chelsea finished like 10th in the league. They had a down year. And freaking Eden Hazard scored a goal in like the 85th minute or something. They knocked us out. But yeah, that Leicester team was incredible. I think the odds were like 5,000 oh, yeah. to and 1. Then, uh, and then, um, yeah, also Tottenham lost like 5 1 their last game, which was pretty uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, don't remind me against, against Newcastle, who had already clinched relegation. Yeah. Um, just a, uh, okay. a correction like, it was the Giants' 2008 just- Super Bowl. But it was for the 2007 season, so it's a two. Yeah, 2007, 2007, eight. Yeah, it's yeah. confusing when it's 07, 08, But whatever, Super Bowl 42. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like no one expected that Leicester season. It came like out of the bloom because, like, you know, the big teams in in England, especially, are like Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea. I feel like no one expected like the Leicester. You know, 
he was lesser known at the moment to not come up and win the Premier League the way they did. They dominated the league. Uh, and then again, we're seeing them this season. They, I don't know, like before the coronavirus stopped, you know, they, they weren't in contention, but, you know, they were top two, top three in the Prem. So it definitely shows how, like, you know, even that just experience of, like, being a winner of the Premier League, that gives him, like, confidence to, like, do it again, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it was crazy, too, because, yeah. like, they were kind of, like, the in the bottom, like, tier, like, at the table, like, at the end of the 2014-15 season, so... Like, just like that turnout yeah, think, was, like, I, so I, crazy. Yeah, at Christmas time, I think they were bottom of the table and they somehow escaped relegation. Yeah, they were, like, 14th out of 20 teams, which is pretty crazy, like, you know. Yeah, and, I mean, the um the cool thing about, like, having an underdog like that in the Premier League is that since the uh, – the before it was, like, league – like, the first division, now it's called the Premier League. When that was established, in, I think, 1992 – um don't quote me on that. I think 1992. Um, there have only been like a couple teams that have won it. Manchester United's dominated. I think um, who was, I think it was like Blackburn, Blackburn Rovers. They might have won one year. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and but other than that, I think like I mean, obviously, City's won, Chelsea's won. So the top the top teams have all won championships, and it's there hasn't really been much parity. But yeah, to see a team like Leicester win like that, that was pretty incredible. Um, even for non soccer fans in the uh, in in the U.S., um, it's a great pick, Phil. Um, so next we're going to Miles. Miles, what you got? So my number one pick is the 2004 Red Sox. Um, a bit biased, but I think it's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty fair uh, ranking. Um, I, yeah, I don't that, blame you. I, I was pretty biased with mine. I say that because, um, like in 2004, the Red Sox, like they had a good year. They won 98 games, but they were a wild card team, so like they didn't even win the division, and they really weren't expected to win much. Um, and, you know, the year before in 2003, they got that Hurtsburg-CS by Aaron Boone with the walk-off home run. So, I mean, Red Sox Nation at that time was really, oh, like, yeah. down. I watched that a couple weeks ago. Like, Red Sox Nation was really downtrodden at that time. Like, they hadn't experienced a championship in, like, damn near 86 years. So, um, and, you know, and, and then in the ALCS, they were down three games to nothing. And, like, the odds were, like, like against their favorite. Like, no one had ever come back from that. Um, and then it started in game four when, like, when the Red Sox were down, you know, 1-0, or down by one run. And then Mariano Rivera came in, who was, like, the most dominant closer of, like, all time. And, like, they rallied to tie it. And then in extras, Ortiz, like, sent it, sent home, sent the Red Sox home with a win. And then, like, the rally just, like, kept on going, and they ended up winning. And then they swept the Cardinals in the World Series to win their first in, like, 86 years. So, yeah, I think yeah. that was just, like, that's for sure, like, one of the best underdog stories of all time, like, you know, they were left to, for dead, and, like, they just, like, I mean, you know, they won, like, eight straight games, which is crazy, especially in the postseason, like, when you, you're you going against the best teams in the league, like, and that, that's just, like, unheard of, you know, especially, like, with the Yankees and the Cardinals with, like, their storied history and, like, how good they are, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if you compare, like, the talking about MLB uh, championship drought, droughts, them and the Cubs, I mean, the Cubs were a little yeah. bit longer, but when the Cubs won it, I think they were, what were they? Were they like the, the one seed in the ML in the uh, national league? I mean, they I were, they but, definitely but they were down three one. So like, you know, it's kind of similar. Like they were left for yeah. and they came back. Um, but yeah, that's like a crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. Um, now Eduardo, you're on the board for the fourth overall pick. Yeah. I mean, the 2004 MLB was, it was a, it was a great surprise. I mean, my pick has to go to the, 
Loyola Chicago, March minus 2018 Cinderella run. It was a really unexpected one. You know, they came in as an 11th seed, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, they went on, they beat Miami by two in the run of 16. Yeah. They beat Tennessee by one, you know. Yeah, I, I remember watching those games. Yeah, you know, Tennessee was a third round, so no one expected Loyola to win. But, you know, they beat them by a one. And, uh, you know, everyone was like, who is this team? What are they doing? And then they wanted to beat Nevada by a one also, which they were already, like, they were 11th, 11th seed, so they were underdogs already. And then they, they went into the final fourth, you know. It was, like, such an amazing run. Like, no one expected it. Yeah. But Sister Jean. Yeah, yeah. Sister Jean. Sister Jean. The, the legend. Yeah, the legend. Yeah, that was um that was one of the craziest NCAA tournaments of all time. I mean, that was the um that was the UMBC one versus sixteen upset. That bracket, that South region was insane. I mean, I they beat Miami on a buzzer beater three. They beat Tennessee. Um, that guy Custer, he he made a layup or a fadeaway jumper with six seconds left. And I think when they yeah. when they played Nevada, they had a huge comeback and they beat them. I mean. Yeah, that was. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they lost in the final four, right? Yeah, they did. They lost. I think yeah. they lost. Yeah, to they Michigan. lost to Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah Michigan. they they lost to Michigan, sixty nine fifty seven. And Michigan ended up losing to uh, Nova in the championship game. Yeah, but yeah, that's like, a pretty Syracuse crazy fan, one. Like I could relate to that yeah. because I remember. I think it was twenty sixteen. The uh, twenty sixteen March Madness. Uh, Syracuse was like the ten seed going into the tournament, and they made it all the way to the final four, and they beat like um like Virginia, like the number one seed at the time, the elite eight. I just remember like as like such as a, yeah, you know, like, as a fan was crazy. Like, you know, they were ten seed, like they weren't really expected to do much, and they like, just like won like so many games, and it was just like so crazy, and you know, so so fun to watch. Yeah, I yeah. I think March Madness Cinderella teams and underdog teams are the most fun ones to watch because well, I mean, yeah there's there's so the much NCAA like there's so many probably... like runs you know like so many Cinderella stories yeah there's so many there's so many games in so little time that you know you just sometimes yeah. you take it for granted you know yeah but uh definitely like really fun to watch and you know it's it, it's always a show yeah uh, that's why I was then, so disappointed when they got canceled yeah. this year because I was actually watching a lot of college basketball after the Super Bowl mm-hmm. ended. But yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll have to wait till next year. But uh, all right, that's yeah, a great, I mean, I, it's a great pick, Eduardo. Yeah, it's my pick again, Rick. It's the sneak draft. Yep. So first, uh, first picks of the second round. Yeah. So uh, for the second round, first pick, I have to go with Leipzig. I don't know if many of you guys know it, but it's a German team. I believe they ascended five divisions in five years some crazy run like that so the club was founded in like 2009 and it was bought by uh red bull yeah and uh they started in uh i don't know when it was it, was, it might have been like 2013 2014 you know in five years they they ascended five divisions and right now before the champions league got canceled they were in 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 contention to win the champions league they be i think they actually eliminated Tottenham, right pat Correct me if I'm yep, wrong. Right? Uh, yep, you are unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, doing it, having a team do that in like less than a decade, that's like noteworthy. That's like you know, that that only happens like once in a lifetime, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think they rose to yeah. fame. They rose to fame in like a kind of an infamous way because they kind of did it in a, such an untraditional way, where Red Bull bought them and just flooded money in and rose them up to the Bundesliga. Um, unlike a story like Bournemouth a couple years ago, and Bournemouth 
they were basically going to go bankrupt there in League Two, and they fall all the way back up, and they won consecutive. They won League Two, League One championship. That was, I think, that was a story that fans can connect more with because it was more heartwarming. This one, it was flooded with so much money by Red Bull that it's still amazing. I think it's even an even greater feat um, since they climbed from even lower. They might have been like fifth division or sixth division in Germany, but yeah. Uh, nonetheless, no, however infamous they are, it's a great pick. Yeah. All right. So I think yeah. we got a uh, miles uh, on the board. Yeah. So for miles my second round pick, I'm going a bit like uh, off. Like um, I don't know. So for me, I think it should be the uh, the uh, Miracle on Ice, also known as like the 1980 uh, U.S. Men's Ice Hockey Team. Um, it just has a crazy story. Like oh, yeah. the like their team was made up of just like college kids. Um, you know, and kind of like. You know, not like two great talented players, and they played against the Soviets, which were like a powerhouse at the time. Um, but that like win, like it transcended like just sports, like too, because like at that time, you know, it was the height of the Cold War. So, you know, it was just you know so great for like national, like you know, like patriotism. Um, it was just such a great win, and like, eventually it led to them winning gold against Finland. So, I mean, it it was just it was just such a great hockey moment for like you know United States hockey. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was a big thing. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, it does transcend sports because it did. It, um, yeah, it did transcend it because it talked. It, what am I trying to say? It, um, it connected to the yeah. Cold War, like you said. And it, um, and the, all the other thing that I, um, I only learned like maybe like a couple years ago, like that wasn't the finals. Like they still yeah. had to play another game after that. Which is kind of crazy because not a yeah, lot of people I mean, remember that. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just bigger than sports. Honestly, it was you know, I mean, you know, the Soviets. Like, I think it like was our greatest enemy at the time. Yeah, the Soviets. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they dominated. I remember. So. Yeah. Right, Phil, you... Yeah. So my next pick is uh, Ajax, like the soccer team in the in the Netherlands. Yeah. They uh they made a incredible like. Run in the Champions League all the way to the semifinals to get knocked out knock by Tottenham. Lucas Moore. Yes, but sir. They they did. Yeah. They did make an incredible run, and like they had a lot of uh, young talents like De Ligt, Dom De Young, and like yeah, Frankie yeah. De Young, and they all got swooped up by uh, bigger clubs. And De Young yeah. went to uh, Barcelona. Yeah. De Ligt went to Ju- Juventus. Is Donny Van de Beek still there? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's one of he the only ones talk- left. He was in talk to Real Madrid, so. Yeah. yeah. And then Zayek got bought. Yeah, they're one of those teams that just produce talent, you know, like the Dortmunds yeah. of the world, Southamptons and, and uh, yeah, England. Yeah, produced like Ericsson. Yes, yeah, sir. Ericsson. Zlatan, they had. Uh, yeah. Their youth like, academy is actually one of the best in the, not even in the, not even in Europe, but in the whole world, like. They're probably yeah. one of the best players, and I mean, he shows in the youth academy. Yeah. All right, that's a solid pick, Phil. Um. All right, let's yeah. see. Huh, I have a couple options. I think. I think I'm gonna go with the 1985 Villanova basketball team. I don't know if you guys know about this. Um, it was featured in the 30 for 30. Um, a recommend for the Big East. It was kind of a homage to the Big East ending or the the Big East now was a new iteration of it, but the original Big East uh, yeah. kind of chronicled the entire run that the conference had. But um, in 1985, 
the national championship was between Villanova and Georgetown, two big t- uh, Big East teams. And the Big East had only started, I think, at late 1970s, early 1980s. So it was a big moment for them. And uh, it's wildly, or it's commonly known as the perfect game. They shot 78% from the field, which is insane. That's ludicrous. I don't think anything, I've never heard any other team in any other game shooting 78% from the field. Not just one player, the entire team shot 78%. And it was also kind of an underdog uh, moment because Georgetown was led by Patrick Ewing, who would later go on to play for the Knicks and have a solid NBA career. So, um, yeah, I think that that was uh, not one that not a lot of people know about, but it was um, it was a pretty cool story. It is a pretty cool story. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that yeah, is it's my, my pick, right? No, yeah. I go back. I go again. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Huh. I think. Huh. I think I'm gonna go with the 2014 UConn uh, UConn men's team when they won their second. Uh, tournament in the 2010s they won in 2011 with uh, Kemba 2014 they won with uh, Shabazz and Ryan Boatwright DeAndre Daniels Niels Gafai I uh, I was in sixth grade at the time they they started out as a seven a seven seed yeah seven seed they which in the really cool thing about their run was that in the first round they played St. Joe's and they were really that was probably one of their closest games out of this entire run they were I think they were down three under a minute left and Amita Brima made a um, made an and one and made the free throw to tie the game up. And they, I think they ended up winning in overtime. Don't quote me on that, but and then they went on to upset Villanova, the two seed Iowa state, Michigan state, and they made a huge comeback in against Michigan state. They beat the number one overall seed Florida in the semifinals. And then they took down Kentucky. So I think um, like UConn has been known to do, they're a great underdog story um, and they're a great underdog program because they usually seem like they come out of nowhere, just like um, the Shabbat or the Kemba team from 2011. So yeah, gotta love it. Local talent. Yeah. So I have the next pick and I picked the um, uh, 2004 Greece national team for the Euros as they won it. Um, And they knocked out like um, Portugal a young Cristiano Ronaldo, and they beat um, – they would be France and they'll draw to Spain, and they'll eventually win it. And, yeah, it was a really underdog team to, like, win them the Euros. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about that when, like, I was like, whoa, Greece won the Euros? Like, it's, I mean, Greece, I don't think they were in the last World Cup, were they? I don't think they were in the last World Cup. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, they no, they, oh. they made it in 2014, but I don't think they made it out of the group stage. But yeah, yeah. So that yeah, that was a, a that's really one that came out of left field. Um, so yeah, solid pick, Phil. All right, next we are. Yeah, so I just want to name an honorable pick, right? mention, um, and that would be the I think 2007 Boise State uh, Broncos football team. They beat um, Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl on the Satru Liberty oh, yeah. play. Yeah. I, I don't know. I love like watching that a, game. It's such a great upset. I love like, that. Like Boise State was not a power like five team, and Oklahoma was. Um, yeah, it was just like it was a great game. They, I mean, Oklahoma had, yeah, some of those highlights are just. It's probably some of the greatest highlights you'll ever watch. The the hook and ladder play on fourth down, and then the Statue of Liberty, um, play. 
Um, I mean, that was uh, – because now, as in the college football world, I mean, Boise State, they play in the, the MWC, but still they're yeah. they're considered like a solid, consistent finisher most of the time in the top 25. But at that time, they were kind of a yeah, major um, coming out of nowhere. So, so my real like yeah, third, really uh, third round pick is the 2001 New England Patriots. Um, it was just because like in 2000, they were like really bad. And then 2001, like it was just a huge turnaround. You know, that was the first season of Tom Brady when Drew Bledsoe went down. Um, and everyone really counted them out because at the t- at the time they were 0 and 2, um, and then like they just like shellacked the Colts 44 to 13, and you know they just went on a huge run, uh, eventually making it to the Super Bowl against the Rams, which were known as the like, greatest show on turf as they had like the best offense like like of all time, like one of the best of all time, um, and then just upsetting like that, you know, and just yeah. the upset of the Rams was huge. You know, of course there was a talk rule game, um. You know, I, I don't know. They were just like immortalizing the and you know in the NFL uh, history books for that incredible run. Um, and you know, the first of many for the great Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. Yes. All right. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. My my last pick, I'd have to go with the nineteen ninety nine New York Knicks. Uh, so they were the number eight seed and they made the NBA finals. So I remember that run was historical. Uh, yeah, that season was kind of an awkward season, though. It was only a fifty-game season. We got fifty-game lockout, lockdown, shortened season. I don't really remember why, but uh, it was probably what, like a a CBA or bargaining agreement that uh, it happened. It happened, I think, in it was in the early two thousand tens, sometime like twenty eleven. They had a shortened season because they couldn't agree on a new contract or a new labor agreement. Yeah, well, yeah. Then that run, they they made the NBA finals and they actually upset the Miami Heat, who were the number one uh, seeded NBA. So yeah, that was a that was a good run. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I'm not a Knicks fan, but I think that's probably the last great moment for Knicks fans. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, well, that wraps up our draft. Uh, to to sum it all up, I picked the 0708 Giants, the uh, 1985 Villanova Wildcats, and the 2014 UConn Huskies. Philip, you picked uh, Leicester yeah. City from 2015-16, um, 2020 Ajax, the and yeah. the 04 Greece national team of the Euros. Miles, you picked the 04 Red Sox, the Miracle on Ice team from 1980. And the 01 Pats. Eduardo, you picked the 2018 Loyola Chicago, um, Leipzig, and the 1999 New York Knicks. Um, so that wraps up that draft. Um, I think we have some time left. You know, we're sports in 60. We're around, what, 30, 30 something minutes in. Minutes. Um, yeah, give or take. Um, so let's do one more segment. Uh, we prepared. Um, one thing, so the draft, like a draft like we did right now, this is going to be, since there's no real sports to cover right now, um, we're going to do kind of some recurring segments where we like draft random things like underdog teams or uh, favorite jerseys or things like that. Um, another idea that we have is um, picking an athlete and then placing them in another sport and see what would happen. So I'm not sure if you guys prepared for this, but I, yeah, I'm I'm, ready, uh, I'm ready to talk about one. We can kind of go off the top of I'm our ready. head since, uh, yeah. So um, I guess I'll go first. Uh, so I picked Patrick Beverly, who's a point guard for the Clippers. 
Uh, I would put him in the UFC and would love to see what happened because he's an ultimate trash talker. He's he's like the guy when you're playing racquetball at the gym and like he's going so hard and just playing like insane, insanely intense defense. And you're like, bro, like chill. He's like, what do you mean, man? So like he's just one of those guys that I think would really fit well into UFC. Like like his trash talk would probably be up to par with Conor McGregor and uh, he would, I think the, the NBA 2K tournament among the NBA players that's been going on, he destroyed DeAndre Ayton by like 40 points or something. And he was trash talking like nuts. So I couldn't, I couldn't imagine if he like won a fight, yeah, he'd probably like go insane. Like see Adama Troy doing like track. Cause like, he's like rapidly fast. And like, this would be amazing to see him like, like yeah, Adama Traore. Like high competitors in track. Yeah, yeah he he's yeah. um he but yeah. he's he's on Wolves, right? In the Premier League. Yeah. He he's he has an interesting yeah. build for a soccer player. He's really built. He has like nine yeah. what ninety six pace in FIFA. Mm-hmm. I always used to, I always used to play with him uh, come off my bench. So yeah, solid pick. I I I'm like thinking like, like, like Ryan Williamson or like LeBron James like tight end for football. Um they're both like huge, like they're just like like such like stubborn, yeah, you know, like physical specimens. Especially like Zion, like with his size and like his speed. Uh, I just feel like it'd be fun to watch them. Yeah, I think you could you could line up Zion yeah. at tight end, but you could also yeah. line him up as like an edge rusher. I think he would dominate. He's he's like the the a solid size. For I also like to see like, uh, like Brady as a catcher because he was yeah, actually drafted cool. by the Expos out of the draft. Um, for baseball, yeah, he was a catcher. I think the nineties or something. Oh, really? Yeah, he played. He played baseball for most what? of his like life oh, wow. football. Um, so yeah, I just like to see Tom there. Yeah, we could do an episode if you guys want. Yeah. Yeah, like, we one episode where we talk about like yeah. uh players who yeah or yeah we can do what ifs like what if John Elway played for the Yankees instead of going yeah, you to just, uh you guys can drop going some to play ideas for the Broncos and... just uh yeah yeah like we said earlier let us know let us know at the email we'll put it in the description the email and then go follow the Instagram account and we'll get that running um yeah just let us know what you guys want some any ideas you have we're we're basically open to anything right now um, yeah, Eduardo, uh, you were the last one to go. Me, what, what you got? What's interesting is uh, Virgil van Dijk, who's a current Liverpool defender, playing in the NBA or in some type of uh, basketball league. Because uh, in the soccer world, he's feared because of his build, his size, and his strength. But I feel like in basketball, he wouldn't be able to. Uh, if you want to, if you want to say it like this, he wouldn't be able to like shine as much because uh, he would no longer be like the biggest. It'd be interesting to see him uh, with his yeah. vision and uh, with his belt try to play basketball. You know, it doesn't have to be center, but power forward maybe. You know, that'd be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, as a soccer player, I mean, I think soccer yeah. players who play basketball always have great vision on the court. Um, like, like me and some other player, uh, soccer players who play rec basketball are usually pretty good passers and have a good sense of um, spacing. So that would be kind of cool to see a guy who's so tall. He's he's six foot four. I mean, he yeah. looks he towers over guys in soccer, but in basketball, in basketball, he would probably be like he'd be wildly undersized as like a power forward. He'd probably play like. I mean, yeah, just for reference, small forward. Uh, yeah, Brady was cool selected one. in the 18th round round of the uh, 1995 draft um, as a catcher. 
Yeah. Oh, nice. Hmm. Oh. Interesting. That's something I didn't know. Um, some other um, some other underdogs that we did not get to that I wrote down. The 2013 Florida Gulf Coast team, who was a 15 seed, who went on to the Sweet 16. Um, I like whenever I pull up like those like March Madness best highlights videos on YouTube, like that that always comes up. The one where the guy like he kind of like lobs it, like he throws it underhand <laughs> up for a lob, and the guy like grabs it out of the sky and just dunks it over the Georgetown guy. I mean, I think his name was what it was uh, Chase Feeler. I mean, none of those guys made it to the NBA, but. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast, that's a great one. Um, the 1983 NC State team, they made a 30 for 30 on this called the Survive and Advance, the Jim Valvano team. Um, he died of cancer, I think, in the 1990s, but he gave a great SB speech. That's a great story. If you want to uh, find something to do during this quarantine, check out some 30 for 30s. Survive and Advance, NC State, that's a great one. Um, see, what else? Oh, the uh, the 2012 Los Angeles Kings, they, in hockey, they were an eight seed. I think I was in like fourth grade at the time, but yeah, they were an eight seed and they ended up winning the entire, uh, they won the Stanley Cup. So that's pretty cool. Um, I think that's all I had written the, down. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember what yeah. year it was exactly, but uh, when I think it was three number uh, 16 seeds, be uh, three number one seeds in March Madness. Do you guys remember that? Eduardo, there's only yeah. been one 16 seed oh, to ever win the oh, USM, uh, win yeah, a game. It was USM, yeah, yeah, I remember. Oh, UMBC. Yeah. UMBC, yeah. The Retrievers. Oh, you, 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 yeah. yeah. University of Multiple, Baltimore County. Yeah, I remember. Uh, one of the funny things about that, the I think the Monday afterwards, it was it was on yeah. a Thursday. I think it was the Friday night of the first round, and I think the Monday we came back from school. One of our friends, who I will not name, um, but he was wearing a UMBC shirt, and he's not really a big sports fan. And I was like, "Bro, where did you get that shirt?" And he was like, "I don't know. My dad just gave it to me." And I was like, "He has good taste." That that was kind of funny because no, I mean, before that, I don't think anybody yeah. knew who UMBC was. But uh, oh, they actually yeah, also gotta love UMBC, the American East Championship on a buzzer beater. Um, I mem- I remember that. Yeah, yeah I, don't that, uh, I just remember Lyles. He, they had a they had a they had a tiny guard. His name was like Jarius yeah. Lyles. Yeah, Jarius. That was Lyles. a pretty big upset too. He like, was their main guy. He was. They upset like two like oh, pretty big six, like powerhouse six. teams because like a Vermont in the American East like the perennial like champions like they always they always win. Yeah, they. Yeah, they were they were looking to uh, they were probably going to win the American East yeah. this year, but yeah, mm-hmm. they uh, that really came out of nowhere. Um, one thing for the when you talk about the America East, I did not know that University of Harvard. I mean, I knew that because I follow them on. You guys know that? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like you wouldn't think of them as a. Um, I don't. I don't yeah. know if they're very good though. Um. Yeah, I mean, we we have a friend who goes to UHart, and uh, I don't think they're really known for their basketball. I've never really. I don't yeah, think they've yeah, ever been close yeah. to making a championship or a NCAA tournament. Um. But yeah, we could we could spend an entire episode talking about um, the NCAA tournament because that's probably mutually one of our favorite sporting events, sporting tournaments. Um, all right, I think we've covered everything we wanted to talk about today. Um, you know, we talked about introducing ourselves, 
Um, we talked about the Are You Born a Fan? You Become a Fan. We t- and then we did our big underdog draft. Um, well, I got one topic. Anything else you guys want to raise? Um, I just just came up with it. Uh, like, why do you guys think yep. like like startup like like football leagues like always fail? Like with the XFL, like the AAF, like 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 why do you think like they never work out? Because like they never do. Like, think of yeah. any like football like league. Um, I think that, that's a good point. Um. That would be a really good episode idea, but just off the top of my head, probably because um, the NFL takes up so much um, space in just like the sports world of like, I think the NFL yeah. now is probably the most popular sport in America. So, well, well, I guess mm-hmm. you would think that people would want more football, but one, it's probably like the talent, the talent level is probably not going to be as good because they're take like these players didn't couldn't even make an nfl roster although some of them eventually because of their performance in those leagues they ended up making it to the nfl but it's probably the talent and then most of it's probably just the money because yeah they're i mean i don't know like this, this year's like NFL NFL was a huge surprise like for sports. them like not continue like in 2021 like it makes sense for them to not you know continue this year with like covid19 but um like i don't know like you think they'd come back because i feel like they have they had like the funding to have another season, so I don't know. Going, Especially, going back to Mal- going back to oh, yeah. No, you can, no, 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 you can go ahead. Right, going back to uh, like he's thinking. You also have to take into account that uh, football is mainly like only followed in America, so uh, those uh, new startups can only target Americans. But again, the NFL is so big in America; it's almost like irreplaceable. So uh, I guess if they wanted to be somewhat successful, they could uh, target yeah. another country, another. Well, they have before. Uh, they had a they had an NFL Europe um, as like a developmental league. Um, like Adam Vinatieri came over there. Um, I think James Harrison. I think yeah, James Harrison are... played there for a little bit. Oh, really? Um, but yeah, they had yeah NFL Europe, and then they also have London games huh. every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I yeah, because I knew I knew Vinatieri went to uh, was it South Dakota State. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not surprised he had to come through NFL Europe. Yeah, we could talk about some uh, like startup yeah. leagues. Um, that'd be a cool thing. Um, that's a great point, Miles. Um, um, anything else you guys want to talk about? Yeah, I can't really think about those. Yeah, we got everything. All right. Well, this is a solid first episode. Like we said, you know, we're not professionals at this. We're starting off doing something that we thought would be a cool idea. Our our talking on during recording is probably going to improve as we go along. Maybe we'll get better equipment, uh, sound quality may be better. The, and maybe this will take off, who knows, but mostly we just wanted to do this to fill up some time during the quarantine, find something cool to do, uh, find a cool project. And I think hopefully this will be a fun, fun experience for all of us. Hope you guys, uh, hope you guys enjoy our first episode. You can find us on Spotify. Um, you can listen to this first episode on Spotify. Um, you don't need Spotify premium. It's just, it's free. If you search up the, the sports and 60 podcast under podcasts, it'll probably come up and you just maybe need to scroll a little bit, but you'll see our logo. Um, and yeah, it'll probably be dropping. Uh, we're recording this right now, Friday afternoon. It'll be up Friday night around seven, I think. So uh, yeah. And like we said earlier, um, email us, DM us with ideas, thoughts, anything you guys want to talk about. We'll be glad. Yeah, talk to we'll us. Give us idea. Um, yeah, to ideas. I think that's it. And uh, yeah, Sports Sixty out.
See you guys. See you guys. Yes. Yeah, yep. All right. See you guys.